Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and happy Wednesday, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day. And also, I, he'll never hear it, but happy birthday to my son, Deacon. Today's guest on the happy hour is my friend, Lisa Bevere. Lisa has spent nearly three decades empowering women to find their identity and purpose. I am such a fan of this woman. She's a cancer survivor and a New York Times bestselling author. Most recently, Lisa released a book called Godmothers, which I just adore the title and see so many incredible women as godmothers in my own life. Lisa was on the show forever ago. If you are a longtime listener, you might've heard her on episode number 123 back in 2017. And now she's on episode 338. I love having return guests and to see what God has done in their lives since the last time they were on. Today, Lisa talks about working hard to create a healthy family foundation in her early days as a Christian woman who wanted to be poured into. In fact, if you want to hear her tell the story of when she became a Christian, go listen to episode number 123. She's a great storyteller and just, I love the way that God pursued her. She also talks today about the hard journey of fighting for her place as a woman in the church and her desire to share what God has done in her life. It's no secret that there is still controversy over the voice of women in some churches and beyond, but I love so much when Lisa says, God would not have given women a voice if he did not intend them to use it. Mic drop, Lisa. It's important and it's powerful and it's a great reminder. If you're a woman who's listening to this right now, which side note, that's about 97% of you, and you're wondering where your place is and how to use it, seek Christ on this. He has done incredible things through women of God and will continue to do incredible things through women of God, which is you. He's not looking for extraordinary. He's just looking for the faithful. Let's all walk in that truth today, ladies. You be you. Love that. Sound familiar? You be you and be faithful to the work that God is doing in you. Speaking of you be you, we are one week away from our Read With Me live stream gathering. This is going to be so much fun. Over 500 of you have joined me in our Read With Me book club over the past month, and it's not too late for you to join. If you have read the book already, if you want to read it right now, if you're currently reading it, text read with me, all one word, no spaces, to 33777, and we will get you everything you need to join me for our live stream gathering. Also, when you text that, we get your email, and we send you fun things like some amazing recipes, because who doesn't need amazing recipes right now for this fall? I know I do. So text read with me, all one word, no spaces to 33777. All right, guys, here's my conversation with the lovely Lisa Bevere. Lisa, welcome to the happy hour. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to be back with you. I know. Welcome back to the happy hour. You were here 2017, so three years ago. Yeah. I actually, I think it might've been 2016 for really? Without Rival. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, that's, that's okay. It's awesome to be back on. I'm so glad you're back. Introduce yourself to my listeners real quick. Yeah, so I am a Sicilian grandmother. I am the mother of four grown men and the grandmother, actually today, I know this will be delayed, but I got to say it right now. Today is my oldest grandson's birthday. So I have Asher, August, Sophia, and Lizzie. I have four grandkids. I have been traveling and ministering to women for 30 years. And can I just say, today looks very different than what it did 30 years ago. I've been married for 30 
eight years. Hallelujah. And I just feel like at this season of my life, I turned 60 in June. This is my season to mark some pathways and to focus on imparting. So I'm so thrilled to get to reconnect with your happy hour family. Well, I'm so glad to have you. We're going to talk about this a lot in your book because you have a new book that released this year called Godmothers. And even what you just said about I'm looking forward to marking some paths and the whole concept of your book is what someone like me at 42 is going, yes, can I just sit and listen? And I want to take it all in. And the thing is that's so beautiful, and we're going to talk about this, is that there are people who are, I'm 42, that are 30, 20, that are looking at me going, okay, tell me what you know pour into my life. And that is the whole concept of this book. Last time you chatted, I'm having a memory. Are all your boys married right now? No, I still have one not married. And so I have my one that I've asked to take care of me when I get old. So somebody has to be like, okay, I'm willing to do that. I've said, I'll save money for a tree house in your backyard. But Alec is not married. So my 29 year old, the one that's the actor, hilarious, funny son, he is not married. I'd love to change that. It would be a Christmas present for me. But yeah, I remember we chatted about this last time and all of your boys are so handsome. And you were telling us about how you had one that was not married. So you're on a mission. No, actually 2016, I had three that was not married. Okay. So So, look what's happened. Yeah. Listen, my life has exploded. So I think I've gotten one more grandkid. But yeah, so two of my sons got engaged two weeks apart and got married two months apart. So it was like, boom. So then Alec did this video where he got engaged to a statue, which was kind of of ridiculous. And now I'm kind of like, Alec, we need to make it happen. You're 29. I remember that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what's so funny is my kids are high school and middle school. So I have three boys in high school, my daughter's in middle school. So we're getting towards that age where we're about to start launching. And the thought of that makes me want to cry because I can't imagine it. I also really love the stage of life we're in. Like my husband, Aaron, and I sat around the table last night for like 45 minutes talking to our 16-year-old just about what he's reading and what he's thinking in life and farts and all kinds of things. I mean, you know, all of the things that you talk about with a 16-year-old. Yes. (laughs) But I look at people like you and people like Lisa Turkhurst and I see your families. And I even sent Lisa a message the other day. I said, I pray that I have what you guys have when Mm -hmm. I get older. And she Mm -hmm. said, it's worth it. She said, fight for it because it's worth it. What do you say to like, for all of us who are raising high school and middle schoolers and we're looking ahead 20 years to where you are, in my next 20 years, what do I need to do? First of all, I love exactly what you're doing is what you need to continue to do. One of the key things I think for our family is we did dinner together and we played together. Playing and having conversations intentional is so huge. Our family still does it. We have the daughter-in-laws now that are kind of have been brought into things because our family, we don't mess when we play games. I mean, so we fight, you know, like there could be tears, not from me, not from my boys, from the new wives. They're like, you guys are getting so mean. We're like, no, no, this is normal. This is normal. We're Italians. (laughs) This game is important. But yeah, so playing with them, keeping engaged, having conversations, talking about the why. I did this kind of after I've made all my mistakes conversations with four of my boys. So my boys range from, let's see, my youngest one is 26. My oldest one is 34. And they talked about looking back and they said, one of the things that made the difference with John and I is we didn't just say, don't do this. Don't be that. Don't go there. We said the why. 
And I think a lot of times sharing the why is what will actually ground your children more than anything else. And then just being super intentional to make family fun. We had family meetings that, you know, we, at the time, our kids were like, not a family meeting, but it was actually super helpful for learning conflict resolution, finding your voice, knowing how to say things so you could be heard. Not just attacking the person, but attacking the problem. And those were just all things that they took into their marriage that I wish John and I had known at the beginning Mm. of our marriage. And so we're watching our sons do marriage better, Mm. do parenting better. And, you know, tonight we're going to have everybody over. There is a ping pong tournament. There will be cooking out on the grill. There will be a scavenger hunt. It's all about activity. It's all about connection. It's all about food because we're Italians. Yeah. We want to be Lisa and John when we grow up. I'll just say that. That is what I dream of for my family when they're all in their 30s. Okay, Lisa, you have a new book out. It's called Godmothers, Why You Need One and How to Be One. And I want to tell you, I adore your cover. It is so beautiful. It is eye-catching. It's wonderful. So congrats on that. Thank you. I love the gold sparkle. I love the gold sparkle too. Now, have you gotten pushback on this cover at all? I've gotten a little couple comments about the wand. I had people say, hey, listen, you've got some stars in your memes. You've got the star on a wand. You're going to draw witches. And I said, good. If a witch picks up this book, she's going to hear about Jesus. I'm actually really great about broadening my reach. I also had people say, stars are evil. They're pentagrams. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. It's not we take back the stars. God is the one. We're taking back the stars. We're taking back the stars. God is the one who painted the stars to increase our vision. And God will often take us outside so that something inside of us can be enlarged. And so I said, I'm not pushing back on the stars. I just was trying, Jamie, I was trying to kind of tongue in cheek, uh, capture Cinderella, Uh a Sicilian And the idea that you and I have something to extend, that our life does not just stop with us. I have always been of the belief that we are not what we do. We are what we leave behind. Mm -hmm. And so I want to leave a pathway of clarity. I want to be able to say, don't go that way. Don't do that. I did that. It didn't work out well. It didn't work out well with my husband. It didn't work out with my friendships. It didn't work out financially. Whatever it is, I want to say, don't do that. And God parents is not a mafia concept, nor is it a fairy godmother concept. It is actually an early church concept where when people got born again, they lost everything. We don't understand that. They lost everything. If their whole family didn't get born again, they were disinherited or disowned. They lost their social status. They often lose their financial status. And so there were people that came alongside of them and said, you know what, we're going to be your family right now. Mm. And there was also people that said, I'm going to take spiritual responsibility for your growth. Now, wouldn't that have been awesome? You know, the whole why you need one is because I was an idiot. When I got saved, Jamie, I was just like, I don't know how to do marriage. I don't know how to do motherhood. I don't even like women. So that's a problem when you are a woman. I kind of hate myself. What does that look like? And for the first eight years of my marriage, Jamie, I kept watching for a woman to notice me, watching for a woman to come alongside and say, baby girl, I see you struggling. (laughs) You know, like, I want to help you. But that woman didn't happen for me. And 
I remember being in this just shabby motel in Rockingham, North Carolina. My husband was speaking. Now, this is kind of funny at a Pentecostal holiness church. That's probably the people that are angry about the stars, Uh, a Pentecostal (laughs) holiness church. I was not scheduled to speak. I was large and pregnant. And my husband said, he came home from the first night and he said, I so troubled by the position of the women in that church. They're so oppressed. They've been stripped of their beauty. The men, on the other hand, are like big deals. And he said, I told the pastor you would speak tomorrow morning. And I I was like, do you know I have double pierced ears? Like, they're going to stop me <laughs> at the door. They're going to be like, double you cannot. Pierced ears. Yeah. Well, that was the day right here. Yeah. That was controversial mm-hmm. when I became a Christian in like 81. Yeah. So this would probably have been 88, 89. I was like, they're going to shut me down. And I remember I was mad at my husband for tricking me. He preached my one message I had. He just totally took that. That is something you learn in the ministry. Don't share your messages with your husband. I just remember crying out to God and saying, I can't believe you want me to pour out when no one's ever poured in. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to do that. And he said to me so clearly, he said, you need to be that woman. And I was like, that's a joke. Like, how can I be that woman if I've never met that woman? He said, everything you wish another woman would have been to you this last eight years, you begin to be. So I sat there in that motel and I imagined what I was looking for, how she would speak to me, how she would look at me, how she would come alongside of me. And I poured out of my brokenness. And I think right now we have a gap. The older women think that the younger women do not want what's on their life. And the younger women think that the older women are too busy golfing, they're retired, getting facelifts or whatever's going on in their life. They don't have time for that younger generation. And there's this gap. And Jamie, when I looked up the meaning of the word gap, uh, it's not a store. It's actually a breach in a wall or a military barrier that leaves both sides in an assailable position. So the older women are at risk of losing their purpose, of changing their name to bitterness, like Mm -hmm. Naomi Tamara. Mm -hmm. And then the younger women are at risk of not having the benefit of learning what we learned the hard way. And so that's why Titus says the older women must, not like, hey, if you feel like it, if you feel Mm -hmm. worthy, if you have a doctorate degree, must teach and train the younger women to love their husbands, and train their children. I had my boys doing their own laundry at 10. Mm-hmm. I said, I am not your maid. I am your mother. So my daughter-in-laws were all like, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, Lisa, I love that story. And you talked about that gap between generations. You have this chapter called the gender gap. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell the story about what happened, but I'm going to read real quick from your book. And then I want you to tell the story. You say this, you say, God's daughters have awakened and they will no longer be shamed into silence. We are not Bible-ignorant pagan women. We are godly, intelligent, God-fearing women who understand the Bible well enough to recognize bad theology when we hear and see it. The time has come to close the gender gap. If we don't, it will continue to widen, leaving our sons and daughters vulnerable to great risk. Rather than bemoan our gender, I believe it's time to realize what is expressed 
in it. I love it. So I want you to tell the story of how John didn't throw you under the bus. He just pushed you into it. Pushed uh, me off a cliff. Yes. But it was, you actually say like, if you don't say this quote, I'm going to read it about that changed your whole trajectory of ministry for the next 30 years. And here you are because of this time. Absolutely. Well, you know, John was a youth pastor and he had such a heart and, and realized that he did not have the totality of speaking into these young women's hearts. And so he's always been like, Lisa, I want you to do this with me. I'm like, nope, I'm not a package deal. I'm a one-eyed wife. I don't have to get up in front of people. I'm afraid. And so he was going to be going on a missions trip out of the country. And he said the Holy Spirit told him that I was supposed to speak. Well, I argued quite a bit, did not want to pray about it because I was afraid the Holy Spirit might say I had to. Long story short, I end up being a surprise guest. And John thought it would be really cute to announce that there was a special guest speaker, his favorite guest speaker, even though I'd never really spoken. (laughs) He should have just said my favorite person. But anyway, all these people came that didn't even normally come to have the special guest speaker. I'm sitting in the back of the room, which would have been normal for me. And all of a sudden, the cassette tape you know, the video cassette, the VHS goes in, John announces it's me. I'm sitting in the back. I'm not even lying. Half the room leaves. They pick up their metal chairs. They close them shut, very noisy, throw them into the metal chair stacking place, walk past me, giving me dirty looks. And it it wasn't just the men, Mm -hmm. it was women too. And they were saying things like, I'm not going to let a woman speak. So I got up there and Jamie I think I just read scripture because I was so afraid of being unscriptural. Mm -hmm. I read scripture. I was sweating the whole time in my brain. I'm hearing all those favorite scriptures used against women. I suffer a woman not to preach or teach or have authority over a man. Any daughter of God who wants to honor her father is going to have that wrestling. Like, am I doing something evil by talking about what Jesus has done in my life? You know, and so I wrestled with all that. I was pregnant with our second son. I pick up my firstborn out of the nursery when this night is over. And my sweet leaders were like, you're doing great. It was awful. I go home. I put my son to bed. I take off my clothes. And this is the really sad part. We didn't have any curtains. We were so poor that we could not afford curtains. So we had fenced in our backyard thinking, well, no one can really see in. And I took off my clothes, got into bed, put on my pajamas, got into bed, and I heard this pound, pound, pound on my window. And apparently some men felt like that was the godly approach to intimidate a woman to say, we will not allow you to speak to us. And so we're going to scare the bejeebies out of you. I remember I was in the dark and I froze and I thought, you know, I don't want to turn on the light because they'll see me. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you turn on that light. You let them see you. I flipped on the light. I called the police. The police came. We saw the footprints going over our fence. And when my husband came home, Jamie, I told him the whole story. And I expected John to say, wow, Lisa, I'm so sorry I put you in that uncomfortable place. I'm so sorry that that is the way you were treated. I'm so sorry. Our college and career group who knows me and respects me would disrespect you, but he didn't do that, Jamie. He said, Lisa, I'm sorry. I can't let you quit because there's so many young women watching you. And (laughs) I mean, that that puts tears in my eyes. It makes me want to cry. Well, it made me cry at the time, but for probably a different reason. (laughs) (laughs) I just, 
you know, Jamie, I tried to find all of the reasons. And I really remember a moment where God said, Lisa, this is not about you. This is not about you. This is about what you are marking. And I do not believe in taking value or authority or goodness away from men to add it to women. But I do feel like for so long, the men in the church have mistreated the daughters of God. They have made them feel less than. They have made them feel stupid. They have made them feel errant. They have made them feel like they have no voice. You know, just this week, I had posted an Instagram story because I get questions and I thought, you know, we're just going to post something from the book. And I was so careful with the way I worded it. And this woman came on and she said, hey, hey, you know, you're undermining Paul. Paul says that we're supposed to call our husbands Lord and not be afraid when they sell us off to the merchants. And I was like, you are mixing. That's Joseph. That is like, like, I'm sorry, because God will save you even if you're, and I'm like, that kind of reasoning to tell a woman to disobey God, to obey a man is so dangerous. And, you know, Jamie, let's talk about, there was one incident in the New Testament where a woman decided that submission to her husband was better than submission to God. And she lied about an offering. Her name was Ananias and Sapphira. Her name's Sapphira. And God didn't say, oh, Sapphira, you get a pass because you were submitting, because you were covering your husband, because you were honoring him. He didn't say that because we are not these women who cannot read, cannot know good from evil. You know, Sapphira didn't have a Bible, Mm -hmm. but God said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to now look at you as individuals. And I actually feel like he always did. But that kind of nonsense of women saying, I'm going to hide behind my husband and call it godliness. I'm sorry, Mm. it's cowardice. And it is not going to be helpful for the next generation. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. 
I personally love a good 45 minute hip hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. That's onepeloton.com. I love this so much because Lisa, one thing I really love and respect about you is that you are such a voice for calling women up into their gifts. You're such a voice for calling women into, you have a brain, you get to read scripture, you get to know theology, you get to know doctrine, and you get to talk about it. Like you said, how am I not supposed to talk about what Jesus has done in my life? Like, how are we not supposed to, you know? You can't do it on Sunday morning in a pulpit. (laughs) There's a woman listening and she's thinking, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can have a voice. I don't think I can speak up because you know what? It's embarrassing a little bit on my own part is when I first got married, I don't think I would have said that out loud, but I think I believed it. My husband's a pastor. I think I would have believed that's his job to know scripture, to talk about it. And I just need to be a good mom over here. Well, and, and I don't think I could be a good mom without knowing scripture. I understand that, but I mean, <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying. Maybe it's yeah. not my place to, to talk about this or, or have a ministry or do these things. Well, you know, I feel like when God calls a husband and wife, he calls them as one. Now that doesn't mean we have the same roles, but it does mean we have the same purpose. And if our purpose is to glorify God, and if our purpose is to lift up Jesus, we can go back into the, and again, Jamie, I'm going to say my background would follow your suit. You know, I went to a church that was very clear. Women were the last to be created, first to sin. Therefore, they need to be silent. Last to be created, first to sin. There you go. Wow. That was the whole package. That puts puts a woman in her place right there. Yeah. Yeah. Last to be created, first to sin. And I'm like, uh, what about the fact that God actually redeemed mankind without a man? Like he said, I'm going to go to the woman. She's going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. We're taking the man out of the equation. And again, it's, it's this whole first to sin, last to be created. It's all a bunch of worldly mindset, hierarchy that God does not honor. And he does not like the distortion of the value of gender. I mean, when we have a dynamic in the garden where it says it's not good for man to be alone, and then the woman who God said, okay, I don't know if Adam knows he needs this, but I'm going to let him name everything till he figures this out. And then God brings out the woman and she has a voice. Creation was attuned to both the voice of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve both spoke to different things, whether they're mythical creatures or whether they're individuals. God created them with unique insights and unique perspectives. And the whole idea that, you know, Eve was the one that caused the problem and she shouldn't have talked. And that's why Adam should have shut her down. Adam and Eve were never created to use their voices against one another or Mm. on one another except for to build one another. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to use God's word against the serpent. If Adam and Eve had said, hey, hey, wait just a minute, God said, they would have shut down. But instead, they're like, wait, has God withheld something from me? I feel like right now, we need to say God would not have given women a voice if he did not intend them to use it. There are things for the women to speak to. And when I see what is going on in our culture right now, I see men very downcast. I see men feeling very purposeless. You and I connect on relationships. Men actually feel valued by being providers and having this, you know, maybe some vision. I'm not saying women can't connect with that, but when they're stuck home from their jobs, 
I mean, we got a Deborah situation. Village life had ceased. Trade routes cut out. People won't work their fields because they're afraid of being attacked. That's all what was going on in Judges chapter four. And Deborah was navigating the infighting because what happens when people don't have purpose? They become outlaws. They become sheriffs. I'm sure you've been exposed to the sheriffs, the people that are like, Jamie, I'm sorry. I used to like you. I'm unfollowing you. I'm canceling you. You're ungodly right now. Whatever that is, reason is yesterday I had Somebody saying I was a false teacher yesterday. And I'm just like, Lord Jesus, you know. It's probably the stars on your book cover, Lisa. I mean, come on. I mean. <laughs> stars are the wand. Stars I don't know. are the wand. <laughs> stars are the wand. Uh, but yeah, just all this nonsense. And then if they're not sheriffs or outlaws and they're just doing horrible things and shooting people down. And so you know, we have this going on. But Deborah just one day just said, you know what? Village life has ceased. Until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. But I liked Eugene Peterson's version of that the best. He said, warriors became fat and sloppy until you, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. Mm. And I like random abstract things. And there's this particular verse that I have felt drawn to for a really long time because I don't understand it. It's Jeremiah 31, verse 22. And it says that God's going to do a new thing where a woman is going to encircle a warrior. And I thought, what? Have we seen this? So I looked at the different commentaries on my incredible Faith Life, Logos software that makes me seem smart. And nobody, nobody, not even N.T. Wright was like, hey, this is what it means. They said, this is an enigma and we're not sure. And so when I was praying into it, I thought about the men right now, where they're at, how there's such a high level of disengagement they're playing games. They're watching Netflix or whatever else. They are bound in so many ways to pornography. One of the highest levels ever, alcohol consumption at a destructive level. And I saw a man sitting and feeling dejected and a woman coming and putting her arms around him and whispering in his ear, kind of like Abigail did to David and saying, has God not said, you need to know that you people are like, nope, God hasn't spoken. Well, all of the things he said pre-COVID still stand today. That's right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I feel like we need to understand that God has never released saying, and that is to be strong and of good courage. Mm-hmm. And we need to speak that to the men. And I do feel that God wove gender so intimately. And I'm not just talking about husband and wife. I'm talking about male and female, that what wounds one wounds the other and what heals one heals the other. And when men oppress women for such a long time and use the name of God to do it, it's not long before the men themselves feel oppressed Mm. because that's just the natural thing. I am Sicilian. We would say what goes around comes around, but that's that's, that's actually a scriptural principle. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. So good. And I think that there are many women that are listening right now that are saying, I want to be a part of that conversation. And I want to be yeah. a part of God using me with that. One thing you also talk about, which I think is very interesting, and people could very easily look at Lisa and Jamie and be like, okay, well, this is great because you guys, you're doing this, you have ministry, you have people that are listening to you. But there are a lot of women who look at themselves. In fact, I I had someone say this to me just the other day. I'm just so ordinary. Like, I'm just so ordinary. I don't know how God could use me. And you say in your book, you say, God isn't asking for the extraordinary. That's what he does. He asks for our ordinary. Are we faithful with what others might call mundane? The extraordinary happens. And so talk to that woman because they're there. You don't have to know everything 
to know something. And I think too many people, and again, maybe this is our culture with people feeling like, well, you know, I look on your social media or that person's social media. They haven't gained weight during COVID. Their husband, you know, like everything is perfect in their life. I have nothing to offer because that comparison thing Mm -hmm. is knocking them out. But it is a lot. And even if all you had to offer was redeeming your mistakes, it is a beautiful, beautiful presentation and offering. When you open up your life and you say, man, you know, I'm on my third marriage. This is what I learned on my first two. This Mm -hmm. is what I wish I wouldn't have done. This is what I didn't see coming. This is what I did with my kids that I wish I wouldn't have done. This is what I did do that I found turned out well. We open up our lives, the treasury of our lives, not our perfection. And it needs to be organic, you know, so you don't have to be like, oh, I could never do a 13 week study on how to be a godmother. You can just invite one of the young moms in your neighborhood to go for a walk Mm. and just say to her, and then this sounds, how can I serve you? Mm. How can I serve you? What, how can I encourage you? What can I speak? Where can I speak into your life? And if you're a younger woman, I know this is scary. And I know the first person might say no, because they might think I'm unworthy or, Mm. or you might think, well, I don't have any reason to ask for help because I am ordinary. Look at an older woman and say to her, I love the marriage you've built. You've built a beautiful marriage. How can I learn from you? I admire it so much. Can my husband and I host you for dinner? Maybe you can't do that because of COVID. Can we talk on the phone? Can we do a FaceTime? Can I ask you some questions? What is the thing you regret? What is the thing you celebrate? What is the thing that you learned? Because when you have lived length of days, there is a weight to your words. And so there needs to be those connections. You know, Jamie, just last night, and this is horrifying, we learned another one of our friends committed suicide. Mm, People don't, they don't do well in isolation. Mm. They don't do well when they think they're not worthy. They don't do well when there's a standard where they begin to think that I have nothing to give Mm. and people would be better without me. Mm. It is such a lie. All of us have something in our season. And when we're faithful with the mundane, that's when we find out consistency Mm -hmm. is what births marvelous. You know, the very first time I was invited to speak at Color Your World, Um, in Sydney. They asked me in 2005 for 2006. And when I looked at the dates, I realized it was my boy's spring break. And so I emailed Bobby and I said, I'm so sad, but that's my kid's spring break. Would you consider me for 2007? And my husband came home and he's like, you don't say no to Hillsong. What have you done? He said, if I don't say no to Hillsong, I'm saying no to my boys. Mm. And I said, John, if I, he said, we'll take him to Sydney. I said, then I'm ignoring him. I said, I either am only partially there for the conference or partially there for my children. And this life is a time test. I don't know how many more years I'm going to have my boys. There'll be other opportunities for me to speak at other places. And I found out later that Bobby Houston turned to somebody when I said no. And she said, it's refreshing that somebody actually believes what they write. Mm. And so we need to be those women who understand our season. Mm. And sometimes God seeds us with things in one season that are for the next season. So we need to find the strength of the season we're in right now and say, what is that strength? I love that you are saying, man, it's sitting at the table and talking to my teenager. It's Mm -hmm. talking about everything, not just the one thing, not just trying to to force him into my mold, but to actually wash him with conversations that elevate who he is becoming. Mm -hmm. Not to say, don't do this or don't do that, but to actually speak destiny. You know, my boys, first-generation Christians, John and I 
definitely were oversaved for a while. I mean, like we hear things about, you didn't let us watch this Disney movie. We're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. You know, <laughs> but in a lot of ways, we had conversations about, well, this is why we don't like this movie. It wasn't just it's Disney because they mm-hmm. did watch some Disney. We like this. We feel like this movie rewards the wrong things in life, mm-hmm. and we don't want you to think that you can go through life and be rewarded for poor choices in the same manner you'd be rewarded for good choices. We have a time period right now where just kindness is lost, and some people are unkind right now because they've let too many people into their world. They've let other people overrun their boundaries, overrun everything that is healthy. I am afraid so many people spend more time with their virtual community than their actual family. And I want to applaud you for taking the time to put your phone down, sit across the table, have the hard conversations with your kids, with your husband, with yourself. Yeah. And you'll never be sorry. And I love that Lisa told you that because, you know, Lisa is more of a hero than me. I have not had to face the challenges that she has faced. So (laughs) I so appreciate that Lisa has chosen to forgive and restore Mm -hmm. because she could have chose otherwise. Yeah. She's godly. And she's looking at her family and saying, this is the reward for this. Yeah. 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 And it is a reward. It's a constant, like another thing that just like I said earlier, just watching you and and Lisa and even a mutual friend, Jenny Allen, who has already launched two kids off into college. And, you know, she's just a few steps ahead of me just watching that. And that's this whole concept of your book is like saying, Hey, how do we pour into the people behind us and listen to the people ahead of us? And, I think it's beautiful. It's much needed. And I'm so grateful for your ministry, your voice, your wands, your stars, all of the things that you bring uh, to the world. Lisa, I always like to ask people like what they're reading. What are they loving? What are you loving and reading these days? So I just finished some hard books. I don't know why. I went on a Russian literature kick. Oh my gosh. I I know, I know. (laughs) So the last book that I finished that was new was The Idiot by Dostoevsky. And I feel like we're living in that right now. (laughs) I did Crime and Punishment. I did Brothers Karmatsov. Then I did some Tolstoy. So I wouldn't say I was loving that, but it was interesting for me that historically we're asking some of the same questions. Mm. And if we don't learn from history, we're going to repeat it and feels like that's what's happening. So that's what I read. Wouldn't, it's not light reading. (laughs) What I'm loving is time alone with my cute husband. John and I have never had this much time, our entire marriage together. And he has become a pesto aficionado. Mm. Like I used to do all the pesto I taught him and I'm coming home now to a man who makes pesto on Monday and we get to have it all week. So we are doing a cauliflower pizza crust with pesto, a little bit of Parmesan Reggiano, portobello mushrooms, onions, and Jamie, I'm just super happy. Sounds amazing. I love that. (laughs) It's been awesome. Awesome. So we did pesto pasta last night, but tonight I think we're doing pesto pizza. So I'm loving that. Loving time with my husband, getting to know him in a season of rest. Mm. I've only known him in a season of work and in some levels, stress of parenting or whatever. Mm. Just hearing his heart and interacting with him in this new season has been really special for me. And I really like him. 
I told him that. I said, I'm really glad I like you. I thought I might, but you were kind of just visiting me between trips. I really like you. I'm going to keep you around for a while. (laughs) That's super encouraging about marriage. Lisa Bevere, thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you so much. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Friends, enjoy your week. It's Wednesday. It's a hump day. We're almost to Friday. We can do this. Share the show with a friend. I think that people find out about this show mostly from a friend saying, hey, I think you would enjoy this. Share the show with a friend and have a happy hour with a friend. On Friday, we have another happy hour, and it is with Daniel Hill. If you follow me on Instagram, if you don't, come on, it's fun. I'm at Jamie Ivy. But if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that this summer, while laying out at my friend's pool, I devoured Daniel's book, White Awake. I loved the book. I highly recommend it. And so I'm honored that he joined us on the happy hour. And that show comes out this Friday. It is always an honor um, and a joy to have these conversations with people who are willing uh, to talk about the hard things. And for you as a listener, I, I'm telling you, this is the honest to goodness truth. I brag on you, listeners of the happy hour, all the time. And I say that you are learners. You are lovers of God and his word. And you are learners. And you are willing to embrace the uncomfortable. And so cheers to you guys. Come back on Friday and listen to the conversation that I have with my new friend, Daniel Hill. Daniel Hill.